All right, bradcooney.com would like to welcome to the show hip-hop recording artist and songwriter 40 Aboye. What is up, man? What's up, bro? Man, I'm all good. How you doing, man? You staying away from all the corona, COVID virus, all that crazy stuff? Yeah, I'm trying my best to stay out the way and, you know, let it play out. Hopefully it, it go away soon. You ain't lying because it's really, it's, it's impacted like everybody in, in certain ways and in the music field. And same thing with a lot of my friends who are actors and musicians. It's really hit hard because all these venues are closed down and and um, it's, it's been a struggle, man. Yeah, definitely have been. I can agree with you on that. And I really feel like it's, it's more of a struggle now because people really didn't take it to where it would be around this long. Mm. So uh, it's just a, a big urge for everybody to get back to normal. And it seems like it's getting worse, I guess. It's getting worse, man. We, we're not going to jump into politics too, too hard, but things could have been, I'll just put it to this way, things could have been handled differently up in Washington uh, to handle this thing earlier, and, and I think the ball got dropped a little bit, so now we're paying the consequence. So hopefully we can we can right the course, and, um, and maybe we can get this behind us. Yeah, man, well, it, it just leads, it's just a good lead in, too, man, of uh, the reason why I did that song um, that you, be playing called fortune cookies because I basically wanted to create a mood of where you know we can look at life as falling and getting back up mm -hmm. you know losses and wins and yes, you know sir. just having the confidence to still persevere no matter what you know because that's all we can do that's right man and we will get into the backstory of the song uh, before we get into your into your your upcoming record I'm not sure if you dropped the album yet or not but I know the single has. But let's let's bring my listeners up to speed a little bit. Just kind of give us a quick rundown about you. Like like how how did this all start? I and mean, when did you get rapping? And how did how did you become a actual recording artist itself? Well, I kind of started in music when I was a little little kid, probably three or four. We used to you know perform for our family, doing uh, Motown hits, and mm. we had a musical family, so it was just family entertainment for a spell and then you know as we started learning how to write and stuff in school we started trying to write poems and mm. and it just grew to us recording ourselves on on the um on any device we could mm -hmm. and you know just trying to come up with the concept of making our own song based off other people's songs and man i've been doing it my whole life really man wow. like, since a kid yeah now, now were you in like talent shows and things like that in school yeah, everyone. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was like, nice. it was within my family. So we'd be competing against our own cousins and talent shows at the school because, you know, we'd be, you know, we were just competitive like that, musically and sports. Oh, I yeah, I love that. Now, now, once you get out of school, um, like when, when did the transition come from high school talent shows to actual recording studios and, and, and actually you know making record albums and dropping singles and things like that well um i would say like basically during high school it was kind of shows and flight recording but we was playing sports so we didn't have much time for it so right after high school <clears throat> we had uh got with a football legend from our city Flint, Michigan, named Andre Risen, and he was in the NFL. I remember him. And he, yeah, yeah. He, was a, he, he played, uh, was he Detroit? No, Atlanta Falcons. 
a lot of songs. Yeah. He put them at the time. Yeah. And he also had uh, a recording artist that was a big name from our city around him named uh, MC Bree. Yeah. I don't know if you heard of him. I have. I, I have. Okay. Okay. So, therefore, like, they, uh, people had started seeing me and my brother rapping in, in the streets in Michigan, and they had told him about us or whatever, and he invited us out to the studio. We did one song, and we never left. You know wow. what I'm saying? And so, at that point, we was recording seriously around, you know, mm -hmm. under him and his studio, and he was paying for all our music, and taking us places and having us around celebrities and nice. and we did that for a, a, a nice while you know what I'm saying and, and we was trying to you know do a label situation but you know it's hard to juggle the, the sports and the, and the music industry of course this is why it's always important for me to ask I love asking the backstory of people I would have never known that about you man you hooked up with a with a all pro football player you know he was a great player that guy was shoot man everybody knew who he was back back in the day yeah, you know what I'm saying? This was during the time where he was like a popular receiver. Then, you know, he went with a, a, a Grammy recording winning artist was Left Eye. So, yeah. you, you know, the musical situation I was around as a teenager and I'm working amongst these type of people. Like, I got a song with MC Bree, a couple. Nice. So, you know, me. So, as a teenager, me, it started um, sharpening my skill. You know what I'm saying? Mm hmm. Yeah. And then, you know. <clears throat> You know, after that situation, you know, we kind of grew apart because we started becoming more adults. Sure. You know, as far as me and my brother, you know, I started doing music on my own and I started forming my own thing to where I was mm -hmm. recording my, you know, I had started getting my own engineers under my wing. Yeah. And started doing the style of music that I really wanted to do because around them, it was a group of us recording. My right. brother and me and him was a group and... You know, it's a lot to my story, man, because that's kind of how I ended up in Atlanta because I lost my brother that I keep speaking of. Oh, you know? man. Sorry. I'm sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, yeah man. And he, uh, it was a big blow for me. He committed suicide in oh. 2014. Oh, man. Yeah, at 20, yeah, about 26 years old, 27. Oh, man. Yeah, so it just, I don't know, you know, it led me to Atlanta and it led me to the person you're seeing right now, you know. Yeah, man. Well, I'm so I'm real sorry to hear about your brother. I've lost some loved ones to suicide myself, so I, I know exactly. Oh, damn, I know I'm exactly that, how. Uh, I know exactly how you feel. I had a good, real good, close friend of mine I served in the military with who, who took his own life, man, and I was just devastated by that, man. So I understand where you're coming from. And now, now the thing is, you, you do you do this for your brother now, man. It's like inspiration, I'm sure, to, to do this yeah, music man. thing. Yeah, man. Good stuff. All right, so let's get into the actual music that you just that you're promoting. Uh, the name of the the album is called um, Fortune Cookies, and it's also the the name of the single too. So talk about the now. Let me ask you this because I'm not sure. Did you drop this album yet, or is it still coming? Yeah, it's still coming. The album is finished. I actually have two albums finished. Fortune Cookies and Growth, Pain, and Struggle. Mm -hmm. And I finished them both this year. Uh, I've been finished with them early part of the year when COVID first started. But um, I just felt during the pandemic and then, the, the, you know, with the um, stuff with the police and, and the, you know, the riots and just yeah. all the stuff that was going on, I haven't felt in a comfortable zone to drop the, the, the album yet. Right. You know, so uh, mentally, you know, because a lot of people dropping right now and there's, some, you know, people doing actually good, some artists. Yep. But me, I'm more of a artist that's entangled into the 
actual life in the, in the, in the real world. And I'm not just caught up in my music or my goals and trying to get somewhere. I actually do love and care for people. And, mm-hmm. you know, when, when people suffering and going through things like that, it kind of make me, you know, get into that mode of wanting to be a, a advocate and a fighter for, you know, causes that can make our country better. That's good stuff, man. I've interviewed quite a few, I mean, I'd say probably a good good half dozen or so. Some of them are hip-hop artists, one R&B that um that wrote songs about george floyd and and actually that inspired them to write um music that that you know can put some light some more light on that situation oh yeah i just did a song during that time called adversity mm-hmm. but uh i did it actually be, right before george floyd but i, I could have put it out too and it probably would be big right now but even putting that song out right now i wanted to wait to the right time because a lot of people started doing those type of songs and putting them out and I didn't do the song just for you know that cause mm-hmm. I did it for a, a bigger cause yeah that's that's overall but even though George Floyd and, and a lot of the other police brutality situations been big Breonna Taylor and whoever else yeah the thing is like we have a bigger issue in the country to where the issue is so big it needs to be addressed on a bigger level to where we can all try to change a little bit from and learn from each other because we can't just attack one thing and, and think everything else gonna be fine. Yeah, that's true. That's that's true, man. Facts. Big facts on that. Um another you know, another aspect of that is the the um the business side of it too. You have to be careful if you if you release songs during a hot topic about that topic, it, the the market can be oversaturated with with you know when there's like 150 thousand George Floyd songs out there, you know you, you know what I mean. Your music can kind of get lost. Well, I kind of start feeling like that, you know, and but a lot some of them genuine because yeah, a lot sure. of them genuine. I would say because, yeah, I agree. You know, we all in the place of pain, and us as artists, we do like to vent our pains. Yeah, and. And it's, it's almost impossible for us as African Americans to not all feel pain at the same time when those type of tragedies happen. Mm-hmm. So I can definitely understand the place for it. Yeah. But for me, as just personally, <clears throat> I just didn't feel in a business sense to to be ready to market and 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 promote something right now of that magnitude because mentally I'm not in tune with. The yeah. marketing side of it. I'm in tune with the creating the creating it side of it, but the marketing and business side of it is not. You know, I mean, I just wasn't in the mood myself. Yeah, and that's smart, man, because you got to be you know full kilter when you're doing this. You everything's got to be clicking, and, yeah. and if parts of you aren't clicking, there ain't no sense in going forward with a project. So I get it, man. Um, yeah. All right, so the song itself, Fortune Cookies. I read about it in in your bio, but my my listeners hadn't had a chance to see it. So tell us, tell us. I mean, you did touch on it a little bit, but go a little bit more in depth about the uh, the song itself and why you wrote it and what's it what is it about? Well, Fortune Cookies, uh, it was just a time for me to during this pandemic, like you said, being an artist, I was able to just reflect a lot and and, and vent to myself uh, about a lot of sensitive topics. And so the fortune cookies came from me wanting to make sure in this project I was given a clear message in every track, mm-hmm. no matter if it was about a female, 
no matter if it was about when I used to be in the on the corner uh, surviving. Mm-hmm. No matter what I talked about, I wanted to make the con. I wanted to make the uh, the um, content substantial in every track to where somebody gets some type of message out of everything. So that's where the title came from. You know, Fortune Cookies, mm-hmm. I'm giving a lot in that song. I'm talking about the Flint water crisis. Yeah. You know, I'm, t- I'm talking about me losing my brother, overcoming yeah. the pain and the heartache and wanting to stop doing music and keep going up for, for his kids. So I, I covered a lot of sensitive topics in that, that song. Yeah, man. And you know the, the the water situation that hit home close for you, man, up in Flint. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually a part of you know the the whole big lawsuit that we have. Uh, that oh. just they settled with us or whatever. But good, good. It's still, you know, it's never compensation for you know knowingly no. poisoning human human beings. I mean, I, right. It's, it's just no compensation for that, and it's definitely not going to be proper compensation. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, you know, but it, it wasn't even about the conversation. It's about the act, and right. it, it's a, it's about other human beings knowing about the act for years and not wanting to discuss it or not wanting to address it or not even fixing it because we have too many billionaires in this country for a hundred million dollar uh, fix yep. to not be addressed. You know yep. what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And it's also you know, I don't even have to be mad at the government. I can look at Oprah. I can look at Michael Jordan. I can start looking at people like that, Dr. Dre, yeah. you name them. You know, it's a couple billionaires that could have pitched a little piece off of their riches and fixed our problems. So I, it, it, it wasn't even just a government issue for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that's, that's fair. I, I think that's very logical. You're looking at that very logical and and objectively. Um, so. All right, so now I can't remember if it was this song or the other project, but you collabed with somebody pretty big on this song. Oh yeah, this song on uh, Fortune Cookie. Yeah, uh, Durant, yeah, Durant Deshaun from Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, yeah, well, I had, uh, yeah, did a collab with him. He he worked with an engineer that I worked with, and you know, and he had heard the song through Instagram, and he just liked it. We didn't know each other personally, mm-hmm. but he liked it. And, and you know, I knew the engineer knew him, and that they worked together before. So yeah. I just told him, you know, I, I told the engineer, I think the Reds like the song, and asked him, you know, would he want to check it out? And if he liked it, you know, could we work? And he heard it, he liked it, he was in the mood, and it worked. There you go. I love it, man. Good stuff. Um, you know, when I when I was talking to you before we started, I asked you like how you wanted to be introed, and when I said hip hop recording artists, you you very politely kind of steer me, you know, steer me in the direction to, to give a more accurate introduction, and I can see why, after I listen to your song, you have a unique, you have a little different flavor to you, style. you have, you rap, but you singing at the same time, there's a cool little, a little twist there, you, you, you have a, you have good vocals, you know what I'm saying, you're rhyming, but you're singing, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I like that. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, that was something di- different that I actually tried for that song because <clears throat> the the beat, when I got the beat, it was more of a production that made me feel like more of a Georgia song. Yeah. Like, Michigan sound is a little bit rugged, so, like, some of my songs be in the Michigan style, but this year, I finally started coming into, you know, the Atlanta vibe on my production, 
So it's making me try new things with my vocals, try mm-hmm. new melodies with my, my rhymes. And you know, I'm just taking the chance, man, and, and people like it. So I like it, man. I think it's a, I think it's a great, a, a really good risk you took. I think it, I think it translated really well, and you can actually, you can flip it. And you can actually do some songs that are pr- primarily rapping, but then you can mix in some vocals for like hooks and stuff like that. Some, some, you know, some yeah, singing, definitely. some singing. <laughs> definitely, definitely, man. I, I appreciate you saying that, man. I, I'm starting to get a little bit more braver with that. Yeah. <laughs> me, I be wanting to look for Chris Brown every time. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. You not, not everybody's Chris Brown, but I got what you're saying, man. Believe me. Um, yeah. All right. So before we start talking about like future goals and the and musical influences, and we'll get to that. But is there any songs? Or anything about the record that I didn't touch on that you want to talk about before we move to another topic? No, no, you said some everything pretty decently, man. We we covered a lot. I feel like uh, good. And one song, man, we covered a lot of ground. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. All right, so let's talk about the rest of this year, which I can't believe we're, we're man. Christmas season's coming up. Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, 2021 is like coming quick. Um, so where do you want to be? What are your goals? I know you mentioned you want to drop two records, the one that's coming, you know, the Fortune Cookies, and then you talked about Growth, Pain, and Struggle. So those are the two records you want to drop. What about 2021? What do you want to, what do you want to get done in, in the year 2021? Well, 2021, man, I, I would love to chart, man. I, uh, oh, yeah. I want to uh, push some singles in, in, out here in the atmosphere, and hopefully, you know, the light shine on them, and, and, and they bless by the universe to where you know, people accept them and, and, and propel them to do something real great. And I can drop the albums and, and everybody can appreciate the, the art that I'm painting, you know, on that canvas. Yeah, man. Good stuff. All right, so what about, um, who are some of your musical influences? Who inspired you in music coming up? Uh, Well, like I said earlier, we, my family was, you know, attached to Motown as kids. So, yeah. like, my musical influences as kids wasn't really rappers. It was, like, uh, Michael Jackson, yeah. Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, uh, The Temptations, and things of that nature because we was kids, but them songs had so much soul in them that, you know, you could appreciate the music of it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as I grew and got into rappers, you know, I, I was loving Tupac and Biggie and every. You know, a lot of the West Coast new, uh, Scarface, A-Ball, MJG. I, I, I like artists from everywhere, and I guess you can kind of hear it in my music once you get the albums. Mm-hmm. You can hear the diversity because I, li- I appreciated music from everywhere. I wasn't really just stuck. I probably had a hundred something CDs in my little CD book. Wow. You know, so, yeah, it, up, it, was, it, it was a great time for music when I was little, man, because in the 90s, when we was kids, they was, you know, all of them artists got airplay. Yep. So you didn't just hear five artists in rotation. Right. You heard 30, 30 some artists in rotation. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So you can, you know, you. I'm sure you was a part of the, the back then. Oh, well, I go back further. I, I'm in my fifties. <laughs> I go back. I go back. I go way back further now. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, it was vinyl, man. I had Jackson Five records, man. It was before hey. Michael even broke off. <laughs> and I was part of my life too. Yeah. We used to sample. We used to sample from them vinyls for, yeah. uh, for our music. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Now you mentioned yeah. Tup- you mentioned Tupac a few minutes ago. 
Um, I got a cool Tupac story if you want to hear it real quick. I, I would love to hear it, man. He was one of my favorite artists. Yeah, me and you both. He's, he's like, I think he is my favorite all-time hip-hop artist. All right, so on this very podcast, do you remember the movie Straight Outta Compton? Yeah, vaguely. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I've seen it once. I only seen it once. Yeah, Ice Cube was in it. His son was in it. Um, so that yeah, movie, I know the movie, but I, I yeah. just seen it once, so I can't remember no certain parts of it. Right. All right. All right. So. All right. Well, there was once there was one scene in the movie when they were in the records when they were in the recording studio and Snoop Dogg was in there and Tupac was in there and Tupac was kind of late in the game. He was when N.W.A. was doing their thing. Tupac. Tupac, the chapter of Tupac in hip hop was kind of like like near the end of NWA's uh, pinnacle. You know what I'm saying? So Tupac was this young guy. He was a young up and coming guy, and he had a real brief role. Anyway, the guy, the actor that played Tupac in that movie, is a guy named Mark Love, and he he was on my show. I got him on my podcast show like right after that movie came out, and I asked him in the podcast. I asked him. What was the highlight of that whole experience filming that movie? Because, you know, NWA, they're legends, and that whole, you know, hip-hop story is legendary. It is. So I asked him, what what was the highlight for you? What was, like, the most, the the highlight moment that you can share with me throughout the filming of the movie? And he said, my highlight, the highlight for me, it came after the film was already done and out. He said, I was at a film premiere party. And he said Tupac's mother walked up to him. He never met her, and she walked up to him, and she introduced herself. And he, and he of course, he was very humbled, and, and you know, he was kind of mind blown. Honestly, he told me. And she leaned into him, and she gave him a hug, and she said, "I just wanted to tell you how proud I am of you, and you represented my son with the utmost respect, and you did a very, very good job." And he said that every hair in his body stood up. Man, he almost he almost passed out. He was so. You know, he was just so overtaken by that moment. You know, Tupac's mom, you know? Right, that had to be big. That had to be big for him. It was huge. You said no better. He told me there was no better way to validate my performance than to have the guy who I played, the legendary Tupac mother, come up to me and validate my performance. Yeah, that was dope. Yeah, I wanted to share that with you since you brought up the Tupac. Yeah, that was dope, man. Yeah, man. All right, so let's move on a little bit. We're, we're almost at the end of this uh, interview. Let's, we talked about it, uh, musical influences. I guess that's it, man. I got, before, before I let you go, I definitely want to give you an opportunity to tell the listeners out there where they can get your music, um, where they can follow you on social media, and things like that. Cool. They can get my music streaming on all platforms. And all you have to do is you can type in Fortune Cookies. Or you can type in 40-A-B-I-O-Y-E. That's 40 Aboye. And that last name again is A-B-I-O-Y-E. The number 40 in front of it. And and that's the same way on all social media, at 40 Aboye. Come follow me, check me out. I follow back. I ain't too big of a person to not follow you back. And throw me a little shout out if you check out some of the music. Drop a comment on YouTube and I'll respond and show you some love. That's what's up. I appreciate you doing this, and we got some more music you want to talk about. I definitely want you to come back on the show, man, and we'll get everybody caught up. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. I got some big things coming, man. I got a big Christmas record, man. I actually want to get your email, too. and uh, I want to send you a couple joints, man, but I got a big Christmas record coming out, man. It's going to be big. It's called Trapping for Christmas. 